I'm out of breath and I haven't even started. I'm out of breath from sheer excitement because this is the last podcast in my 28th year of my life. It is my last podcast before I take the pony barn by storm. I'm a real deal barnstormer at June Farms. One calendar week, seven days, 525,006. Nope, less than that. Way less than that until my next live show. So I'm giddy. I'm antsy. And I might still be high after a bootleg gas station blue raspberry edible that I had over a week ago. And I know nobody asked me, but please, please do not sing happy birthday to me at my live show on September 20th at June Farms. I know I love being the center of attention, But only when I'm the one doing the talking and the entertaining. And if 150 of you turn around and start singing to me, I will storm out of that barn. I feel like someone has a trick up their sleeve. There will be cake. There will be celebrating. Don't even, you don't even have to say happy birthday to me. This sounds ironic and uncharacteristic because you might think that I would be the person that wants like a birthday week or month. I'm not really like that. Like, I'm choosing to work and do this whole live show on my birthday. Probably one of the most stressful, intense things that you can do in 24 hours. I'm already, like, not regretting it. This is what I want to do. I want to be working. But I'm like, wow, I will not be able to respond to any calls or messages. My voicemail's not even set up. So if you do want to get in touch with me on my birthday, the best way to do it would be to go to the live show and then just completely not acknowledge it. If you want to be on the wait list, by the way, send me a DM, Botanista, with your email address. We have a couple people that have said they can't make it. They thought they could make it. So I want to release as many people from the wait list as possible so that uh, we are going to be well over a sold-out show. I'm kind of being a little sneaky-cheeky. I'm the only one that has access to the Eventbrite. And let me tell you, it is going to be a party. But before then, oh, I'm testing my vocal cords out one last time. And I was just going through a bunch of old episodes and clips from the podcast to prepare for the live show, to think about, you know, the past, I guess, 2.5 years since I started, which is beyond me. And it's, I feel like your birthday is always like one of those like New Year's Eve situations where you're like, shit, I should probably reflect on this. It's kind of like when you look at your Melio app and see that you've placed an order every single day for the past five days and you're like, this is this is important. This is a substantial moment in my life. I should really reflect on that, figure out what this means and what I'm going to do in the future. And I just don't usually do that, right? I'm going to keep ordering on Melio because it's what I love to do. Bare blends, little healthy, little this and that, whatever I want. I can pick it up. I don't do delivery. I'm an active girl in a somewhat active, passive world. But you should obviously do that, by the way. Go to Emilio, get the app, earn your Emilio moolah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't like to like put these definitive ends and starts to things. 
I did talk about a few weeks ago how I enjoy and embrace a change of seasons. But in terms of like, wow, what does the end of 28 mean to me? Um, I, I, nothing really. I mean, 30 is a good big milestone age. So I think that plays into it a little bit. Like what's so different about 29? Uh, I believe things are really on the up for me, which is great. So I don't have to overthink it and plan and plot maybe the way that other people do, depending on where their headspace is physically, uh, where they are in life, things like that. I was just happy that I made it to 28 because that's when all the greats die. And I believe in my heart of hearts, which is what you have to do if you watched the Emmys last night and got inspired like I did. We'll get to that in a minute. You have to believe in yourself. And I believe I'm great. I believed I was maybe going to die before I turned during my 28th year, I guess. I guess I, at first I was afraid I was going to die. Is it the 27 Club or the 28 Club? Either way, I made it past, you know, Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, James Dean, uh, Jimmy Dean sausages. I've made it past so many Jimmy Dean sausages. I've never refused a Jimmy Dean sausage, and I'm still standing here today able to do sit-ups and push-ups at the gym at an inter, uh, intermediate to slightly advanced level. So I'm not really reflecting on that. My mind and head is in the space of putting on an amazing show, giving a good performance and a fun time at June Farms, and there's so much that goes into it. I'm really manifesting just a super fun night. It's all hands on deck from my team. It's going to be beautiful, aesthetically cool, fun, silly, and I still don't have an outfit, which is horrifying to me. My nails, also horrifying. They've been growing out uh, at a rapid pace. I had to cut them down short recently, which was so upsetting. I get so many fruitful, positive, uplifting DMs about my nails. And those stopped when I cut my nails short. So I get that. But that's really a big detail that will make me feel a little bit more confident going in. And I only have seven days to go. So if you're listening to this, I hope that you'll be there. If you're not, you will be able to listen to an audio version after the show comes out. And again, if you want to be on the wait list, just let me know. Besides my birthday, September 21st, 2022, one of the best days of the year. Do you remember the 21st night of September? That's like actually my favorite day of the year. That's more important than my birthday. So besides the whirlwind days of September that are significant to me, it is also one of the most wonderful times of the year. Brought to you by Martin, Harding, and Mazzotti. The heavy motherfucking hitters. I wish the heavy hitters would come to the Buttonista Live podcast, but they probably won't be there. But if you are in a situation where you need them, they will be there for you. Car crash pros. Listen, you need somebody representing you to the best of their ability. That's what they do. They're a longtime business here in the Capital Region and all of New York State, I believe. So if you ever need the heavy hitters, just know that they will be here for you. And they are here right now in in the world somewhere, possibly enjoying what I do believe for different species in different ways is the most wonderful time of the year. And that, my friends, NFL season. Yeah, I know. You're shocked that I would say something like that. I have taken a deep decline into sporthood 
and caring about sports. I can hold my own. I know the names. I know some quarterbacks, some point guards. I know all the teams where they're located. But in terms of like overdoing it and like loving and investing into a team, it's just not for me anymore. Um, You know, you know the people that are over the top. And that can be anybody. I'm not judging. If you're a guy, girl, like sports, love sports. But I think I've ended up on the other side of it in more of like a girly girl way. And this always really proves itself around this time of year where we're already dealing with that change of seasons, that transition period, pairing that with the start of 18 weeks of NFL football, which to me feels like it's on every day of the week, Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Those are pretty significant days, you know? Thursday is your Friday. Chasing Friday is almost complete. Sunday, Sunday fun day, Aaron day, that's where we're going with this. And then Monday is like, God damn, again? Again? So I posted a Reels video on my Instagram that I thought was pure genius. I do kind of love the NFL theme song. I think it's uh, significant because we all know it. We know what it means when we hear it. And when your guy or your dad or your family is gathered around the couch watching games all day, glued to it, Buffalo Chicken Dip, Miller, Mother Freaking Light, the whole nine, I use that Sunday, and many women do, maybe many men do, who knows, as an unbothered, balls-to-the-walls, full, errand-running, leisurely errand-running, not actual really errands, just a full day of out-and-about, cross-gates, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, Home Depot even, I truly believe that if you have men in your life that are so locked in on the big games that you could probably come home with a new house that you just bought and it wouldn't matter. You could come home with bags of clothes, new throw pillows, blankets, sheets, tons of groceries, a new liquor cabinet, a bar car, a puppy, and I don't think they would care. Their radar just completely goes over the top they're, they're doing fantasy, they're screaming, they're pacing, they're not showering. And sure, maybe this is a stereotype, but oh boy, that relief that I have when I'm just out all day, not a care in the world. And I think there's people out there that still live a little bit of that traditional old school lifestyle where like, you know, I don't live in a world where if I come home with a bunch of shopping bags, somebody's grilling me about what I bought and how much money I spent. I am a head to toe independent girl. I don't share. I don't ask. I do what I want. I don't ask for permission. I buy the things that I buy on my own dime or my own credit card, which, you know, that's that's something I'll work on when I'm ready to work on it. But I think there's people that come home and they do get grilled about what they buy and they do get grilled about how much money they spent. So if that happens to you, A, might be a little unhealthy, not here to, to get into that realm of things. But this is the time to do it. Open the barn. Storm the barn. That's definitely the, the title of the episode. Barnstorming, I guess. Storm the barn. Open the floodgates. Go get into your fall zen. Buy the candles. Do the cheesy shit. Because we know how f- football makes people happy and whole again. And I believe that 
going to your home goods and your hobby lobbies this time of year can help you get through that change of seasons and just give you something to look forward to. That's always a theme here on the Botanista show. Looking forward to things, embracing change, and when you hear that NFL theme song, that 105 start time, you get your car going, you get the engine running. And you head to Target. Hopefully it's a clean, neat, and organized one. And I really wanted that video to go viral. I thought it was so funny. I was rushing around trying to get the video clips. I'm really bad at doing captions on Instagram. Uh, A lot of you are too. Uh, How do you know if you're doing bad captions on Instagram? Well, you caption things like hot sauce in my bag, swag. Or let me tell you about my best friend. You caption things like that. Um, trying to think. There's a lot of Drake lyrics that really, really, really got abused. Oh, all black everything. That's a bad one. Um, I'm not good at captions. Witty, punny, otherwise. So I was really hoping that football one would take off, though, at least on TikTok. And of course it did not. I checked after a few hours and I had two views on TikTok. But I think I got up there on Instagram. I think the algorithm hit a little bit later in the day. But I do feel like that was relatable. 18,000. Let's check the insights. I'd love to know the DMs. 189 people DM'd that to somebody. That's where I get a kick out of it because if you just knew how many DMs I send to my family of content that I think is funny, there was one really good one the other day. It was this video. Somebody famous reposted it. It was a little kid getting off the school bus and it was his first day and the mom doesn't even have a chance to say hi and the kid looks her dead in the eye and goes, Mom, terrible sandwich, by the way terrible sandwich she's like thanks for letting me know a real straight shooter I really appreciated that um more than the corn kid which I wanted to talk about corn kid a few weeks ago it's um I think it's winding down now in terms of the algorithm but a lot of conspiracy theories with what TikTok does and how they can push certain posts to the masses and it's just not a code that I'm willing to crack anytime soon which is unfortunate but um yeah anyway that was just a quick aside because I I am trying to trying to do things that are more funny that don't necessarily involve me and my outfit picks I've been a little light on those lately after track season I gotta get rejuvenated and maybe some of those Sunday shopping trips will help me with that so um let's do a quick little Emmys recap I was kind of bummed I was on a special mission yesterday with two buttons deep and Wasn't totally sure on the timing, but I knew the Emmys were coming up. NBC, I don't even know if it was on NBC, which this whole network thing is a big point of confusion for the olds here. Raise your hand if you're almost an old me. But um, they had done a lot of press and promo. Kenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live was hosting it, and I'm a huge Saturday Night Live girl and a huge uh, Kenan Thompson fan. My whole fiber of my being, my outgoing personality, my uh, my just very presence on this podcast right now comes from all that on Nickelodeon, The Amanda Show, Kenan and Kel. That little kid comedy sketch show stuff was what made me want to do what I do. So I love Kenan. People always rag on him for being the longest running Saturday Night Live character, but I think that's so stupid. I feel like that's a huge accomplishment. So Anyway, my special mission ran a little late and I missed the entire red carpet. It's kind of the first of the new season or maybe it's the end of the original season. But I've done live streams and things like that. 
just to document my thoughts on the red carpet fashion. And I missed it last night. I got home just in time for the actual show to start. And Senior Buttonista did tip me off. I'm at her house, by the way, if you're enjoying her beautiful flowers. If there's any podcast clips that get posted, you'll know where I am. Because I don't have this green of a thumb. And she texted me and she said, horrible looks on the carpet tonight. Now, she can be a little critical. Uh, Not that she's not trendy. Not that she wouldn't know uh, in from out, Starlet or Streetwalker, to quote the beloved Joan Rivers. God help me from above. I love you, Joan. Um, Joan Rivers was my queen of England and I have a queen of England. So that says a lot about how much I love award shows, fashion police, Joan Rivers, RIP. I really only saw two looks, so I'm glad I didn't overthink it and get upset that I missed the pre-show. I'm sure I would have seen more, but the only two that I want to run through today is my fangirl moment for Zendaya. Um, I think I just have to say that because everybody says it. And you don't want to get disagreed with or canceled over a take. But if I could have her arms, I would lose my legs to have Zendaya's arms. She has, and they're just skinny. They're not fit. And that's psychological work through type of shit. But holy shit. I mean, she just has the poses, the collarbone, the brows. She is a beautiful, symmetrical AF person. And... That essence of her, the fact that she's only 26, God motherfucking damn it, and the fact that she was beyond, beyond, beyond talented and incredible in Euphoria, a show that I was very late to the game for, Um, I was just rooting for her all night, and her outfit was probably one of the only ones that they re-showed a few times, but super classy, elegant. Some people might think it was a little too dressed up for the occasion because you see people in short dresses, pantsuits, whatever. She had on just a strapless black kind of multi-tiered gown. Very simple. It wasn't taffeta, but it was kind of like a a material with a little bit of shine to it. it had a very small, delicate bow in the middle. Um, princess-like uh, choker-style jewelry. Another kind of princess-like Cinderella-ish headband. Her hair was on point. Her glam was beautiful. And it was definitely a hit. There's no doubt about it. It was simple, understated. But people say about her, because she's so young, she's able to really experiment and play with fashion without aging herself and still feeling young and youthful. And I feel like she's done kind of that Cinderella thing before. I'm not saying this was a look from her that I've never seen before because I've seen her looks before I watched Euphoria and maybe just didn't take them into full account. But it was kind of a similar sort of repeat-esque look. But she looked like a star. And then the other one that I thought was really trendy, really interesting, was Julia Garner, who won for Ozark, which I have not watched. But She is also Anna Delvey in that um, Inventing Anna show, which I think I talked about this a while ago, or maybe I did just in my head, but Senior Botanista is not like a big TV watcher. It's taken me a long time to train her to, she's not not tech savvy, but like to understand like how to get Netflix on her thing and like, you know, figure out what shows to watch. So I've slowly tried to get her to watch more TV. I really thought she would actually like The Crown. I think at one point she did start that. But somehow she got hooked up with Inventing Anna. And it's so funny. We all do this. 
I do, especially because I don't watch a lot of TV, which is my Emmy's theme here, is that, holy shit, I don't watch enough TV. I just feel like there's so much out there and it's so overwhelming. But when my mom watched Inventing Anna, she did what I do when I get into a show, is become so obsessed with it, the outside world does not exist until you finish the show. And this is really bad if you watch it after the fact because you have no outlet. If you watch a show in real time, 9 p.m. releases on HBO, you can text your friends about it. Game of Thrones, I know people do that. I didn't watch that show. But in real time, you can kind of get it all out. You can like vent, recap, hypothesize. You can do all of that with somebody in real time. And that person assume, I assume, assumably, which is not a word, presumably, that person cares because they're watching the show at the same time as you. So it's a productive conversation. What I do and what my mom did with Inventing Anna is the opposite. They explain the entire plot of the show. They tell you their stream of consciousness when they're watching, what they're thinking about, the plot, the twists, everything to somebody on the other end, on the receiving end, who does not care, does not know, did not watch the show, or did months ago and doesn't care anymore. So for weeks, every time I called my mom, I knew the first five minutes of our call were going to be an Inventing Anna synopsis. And I didn't even know that Julia Garner girl until that show. Found out she was on Ozarks. And then now me and my mom are kind of like we're learning a new accent because we don't understand the accent that she had on the show. And like, I mean, it's an inside joke, but like my mom will just be like, your nails, so short. You're so ugly. I hate your clothes. I watched the very last episode and she's this girl's literally in jail. And somebody comes to visit her and she just looks at this girl and she's like, your style sucks. You're so ugly, fat, lose, you need to lose weight. So that's our new inside joke. Anyway, that was a little bit of an aside, but some of you maybe watch the social, you'll get it. Your nails, so shot. That kind of sounds, I'm not trying to do Asian, I'm trying to do Anna Delvey, German con artist. Her outfit though, it was this brown velvet long sleeve T-length dress. I don't believe it was a full gown. She has short, sort of almost like Marilyn Monroe-ish hair. She's very pale, very blonde. I love that understated, like, pale girl hotness look. Um, Like, I just saw a ghost, or maybe I am a ghost. That's a good look. If you can get that, if that's your natural look, embrace it. Don't try to change, because people people pay for that in Hollywood. Brown, long sleeve. It had some embellishment and, like, beading at the top. And then here's where you'll get thrown for a loop, and you're going to have to Google this or look for it on the gram. Her belly area from under her chest to under her belly button was cut out in like a diamond shape, like a square. So you could see her pale hot girl ghost belly and her belly button. And I've actually seen this like with one designer on Rent the Runway that had a dress like that. And it sounds concerning, but she pulled it off so well. And it was such a good look for the Emmys getting me like excited and inspired for fall and also seeing a look on the carpet that I feel like we will see trickle down into regular fashion. So for me, those were the two that really nailed it. It's clearly very hard to describe their looks on a podcast, but usually the images will circulate for a good 24 to 48 after the show. So if you're looking for any any wins in my book, those are the two that you would look for and kind of take something from. The other things I took out of the Emmys, I saw some really kind of concerning messy buns 
Kerry Washington came up and gave an award with a very short king. God bless him. I don't know his name. Her hair, it looked like she just got done with her spin class and was running late. And she is beautiful. Her dress was amazing. She's very well-spoken, professional. But her hair was like sticking up. It was kind of like like frizzy. And I, I mean, it wasn't a hot day yesterday. I mean, I guess, are they in LA or New York? I guess they're probably in LA. But she had a concerning messy bun. And we've done the bun club. I have a concerning messy bun right now, but I'm on my mom's front porch. And then Lizzo also had a concerning messy bun. I loved her outfit. She had this big, tool, overdramatic, off-shoulder, red gown. She looked amazing. But I'm like, who's their hairstylist? What's going on here? I saw a few people, Sarah Paulson, who I actually did like her outfit, but I don't know how to explain it. She was the first person I saw when I turned on the TV, and it did not look like she got ready. Like, it did not look like she had makeup on. It didn't look like she had eyeshadow on, lips, a cheek. I, I just don't know what was going on with the glam if I just watched this like in the the later hour where people's like arrival looks have kind of like faded a bit. But I definitely wasn't impressed with the hair and makeup situation at the Emmys. Uh, and I didn't see enough outfits to really be conclusive on whether it was a, a night of hits or misses. Andrew Garfield in an all white three piece suit. Mwah. Chef's kiss to him. British accent. You can't go wrong. But. Oh, two things. One thing on Lizzo. Um, someone asked me if I, I, li- I like Lizzo. I don't listen to her music. Like, she's not someone I'm bumping in the car and, like, you know, feeling that feminist girl power with her. But what I will say is when she gives an interview and she talks, I feel like she is so authentic and she is so herself. She's made her dreams come to life. I let off the show talking about believing in yourself and all of that. And I like Lizzo for that. I really think she's like, she's made her life the reality and made it all happen. I think she is, she really is that confident, beautiful person that she talks about being and, you know, in lyrics and things like that. Sometimes it always doesn't come across as, you know, authentic or genuine. But when she talks, I really do believe that um, everything that she writes and performs is true. And that means a lot to me as somebody that writes and performs and cannot sing, but understands a little bit of what what goes into that. And that was kind of my takeaway overall. I don't know if I was feeling that like pre-birthday show emotion, but there was a couple really powerful um, speeches Um, The woman from Abbott Elementary who won for Best Actress in a Comedy. Um, I'm going to get, I don't want to get her name wrong. I know it's Cheryl, but I don't know her last name because I haven't watched that show yet. Um, Cheryl Lee Ralph. She gave a really, really powerful speech, standing ovation. Um, She sang a little bit of a famous song and then basically just said, like, if any of you out there, like, have ever had a dream, Like, believe it. You can do it. This is what it looks like. And it's kind of cliche. I mean, I guess the things that she said have been said in other speeches. But the way that it was received by the audience and her emotion and all of it just kind of hit me. And I love when people say messages like that. Because even if you have heard it a million times from a million different people, to affect one person that thinks that they can go out and chase what they want to do, like, you really can. And I'm doing it. I clearly will talk more about it next week, but I don't know. I just, I kind of had a different perspective watching the Emmys last night in the sense that to be an entertainer is a very powerful thing. Oprah led off the show in another nice dress, actually, a white 
it was a white blazer dress, but it was a gown. It was beautiful. I didn't, she had a super long braid. If you're over 60 years old, you should not be braiding your hair. Um, but she said, statistically speaking, what somebody's odds are to win an Emmy. There's like 8 billion people in the world. There's 25 Emmys. Their chances are obviously slim to none to win an Emmy. So she was just saying, if you're in this room, if you've been nominated, like you've already won in life. And also how how powerful TV is and how it is a release. It's an escape from the world. And I think as a society, I, I should never be trusted with the words as a society. Don't. I have no fucking idea what goes on as a society. I, who am I? Kamala Harris? Why did I just say that? But as a whole, that sounds a little more elementary. As a whole, I think we have turned a good corner in the sense that I don't think there's so much of a negative connotation with watching TV as there used to be. Like, I think there's still kind of hipster people out there, perhaps myself included, that will brag and say, well, I don't watch a lot of TV. People that don't have TVs in their bedrooms or living rooms uh, unfollow me. I don't know. That That's not... Aesthetically, I would love that, but it's not practical. I watch Impractical Jokers every goddamn day of my life, so I'm not one to talk. But I think in terms of just, like, sitting in front of the TV with, like, your popcorn in your mouth, like, watching trashy shit... That is one thing, but the TV of today, how sophisticated, how complex, how emotional, and just the insane amount of talent from writing and production and editing to the acting itself, it's no longer like a junky, bad thing to do. I think watching TV and the shows that appear in these awards is that, you know, these are complex, powerful shows that can make you feel something, think something, entertain you, take you off of your phone for hours on end. And I'm glad that we're at that point. Um, It actually made me feel kind of a little guilty that I don't watch more TV because it sounds like there's so many good shows out there that I am missing out on and I don't want to miss out. The two that I came away from that I think I will watch, um, Abbott Elementary is one because that's a good quick little comedy. And uh, White Lotus, which got a lot of awards last night. Sydney Sweeney is in there from Euphoria. Um, Jennifer Coolidge, she seems funny. Um, Jennifer, hi, I'm Taylor. Nice to chat with you. I, you probably don't know me, but everybody seems to know you but me. Those are the two that I definitely think I would watch after last night. Ozark, as I mentioned, with Inventing Anna Girl. That one has been clearly like a, a, why do I keep saying clearly? I always have one effing word. Clearly is the word today. Clearly storming the barn. That one has been a fan favorite for people in a long time, uh, you know, for a long time. I think they took like a filming break due to COVID. Then it came back. Jason Bateman, he's always a hit. Adam Scott, Severance, that's another one. But the recurring theme for me is that HBO is the reigning champ. And that is true. I read it in the New York Times. They took away the most awards last night. Succession, which is one of the shows I do watch. One for Best Drama, Zendaya, Euphoria's on HBO, she won for Best Actress, Hacks, uh, Gene Smart, she won for Best Actress in a Comedy, so HBO is the hit factory, I have said that so many times before, and when someone does recommend a show or talk my ear off about one that I haven't seen, my litmus test, my like trust factor goes way up when somebody says it's on HBO, so thought it was cool that Abbott Elementary and White Lotus, the two that I want to watch the most are also HBO shows. It just, to me, has the most production value, the most thought, the most, I don't want to say the most variety because I don't think they have, like, actually the most shows, but 
I didn't know how much Netflix was struggling. They said they were laying people off. They were losing subscribers. But as an old now, you know, I kind of get it because there's shows and documentaries that I want to watch and I don't even know what channel they're on. This Army Hammer documentaries on Discovery Plus. Um, I think there's one coming out about Lori Vallow, the one who killed her two kids. So in terms of documentaries, I don't know where these shows are anymore. But the Emmys is kind of a good way to get you uh, up to speed, figuring out what you're going to watch next. And my only piece of advice is just watch it at the same goddamn time as somebody else so we can all have our peace and uh, hashtag no spoilers. Um, That's all I had on the Emmys. Of course, just a little bit longer than... I wanted to chat about a TV show that has absolutely nothing to do with me and my personal life, but it's no big deal. The last few things here on today's podcast, um, we have a quick story. I have a quick story, and I think it's funny, obviously. Of course it's funny. But shifting from celebrities to the ulta, ulta, <laughs> ultimate mega celebrity, Everybody knows by now that the Queen of England passed away last week at age 96 on Thursday. It was sort of an ominous morning. If you were watching the news, she uh, was not doing well. It was kind of a special report. The family's going in to spend time with her at her Balmora Castle in Scotland. And it just didn't look or sound good. She had just done an engagement like two days prior with the new prime minister, but I was watching it, doing my work on my computer, and I'm like, I don't know, this is this is kind of it. And, of course, that's how it shook out. Um, I'm not going to get into all my thoughts on the royal family and stuff. I've been watching it every day, the pomp and circumstance. You know I love a good pomp and circumstance, but it's interesting, right? There's people on, I said I'm not going to get into it. There's people on both sides of it, you know, clearly, clearly, C-L-E-A-R-L-Y, clearly, There has been trials and tribulations, slight scandals, ups and downs of the royal family. People are always going to be on the side of why do we care so much? I just watched the Diana documentary and that was very much the sense of some people also when she died and the sadness and all that. Why do we care so much? Uh, But then there's the other side that's like you just kind of have to respect history and what the queen represented to people and you know what she did and how long she had such a commitment to service one fun fact I will say is I did not know this but in her 70 years as queen she never gave a single interview holy shit what a statistic she's quite literally maybe one of the most famous people if not the most famous recognizable person in the world and she never gave an interview the only time she spoke was when she was doing her own sort of controlled uh, speech to the public. And those were pre-recorded, like Prince Charles did, now King Charles, uh, when she died. So, I don't know. It's a lot to unpack. Uh, years of history. I have family in England. My mom grew up there. And I, I still don't know how it works, what their powers are, who's in line, this and that. It's a lot to unpack. And it's ancient, foreign, you know, over-my-head shit. So, anyway. The one thing I do want to discuss, though, is... You hear this a lot. The first time I ever felt this uh, was probably uh, 9-11. And oddly enough, when um, Elizabeth Smart got kidnapped, it's when people say, I'll never forget where I was when blank happened. And 9-11 is a better example. It's more relevant and specific. 
you know, I was in third grade. I had a play date with my friends after. I remember going into the TV room and seeing it on the TV and my mom trying to explain it. And, you know, we ultimately became scared of Osama bin Laden. And I thought he was living in my toilet. I would hear a rumble. I had an old house from the 1800s. And when the bubbles would come up, I thought that was Osama bin Laden coming to get me. So I'll never forget that. My mom says she'll never forget where she was when Princess Diana died. Holy shit. It just started pouring. Oh, my God. I heard the thunder rumbling. But my mom says she never forgets when where she was, what the aftermath was of Princess Diana dying. And in true 100% buttonista fashion, I can guarantee I will never forget where I was when the Queen of England died because I was butt naked, stuck in a bright red faux leather crop top. I was the most stuck in an article of clothing I have ever been in my 28.99999 years of life. I was sweaty from the gym, excited to open up a package from ASOS, and... I was just about to jump in the shower, and you know the deal. You're like, let me just try it on now. I'm just antsy. I want to know if it fits. And I was so stuck. I left the bedroom, went out to grab my phone to actually call for help. And the news came across the screen. The Queen of England has died at the age of 96. What a sight to see. If I still had my Simply Safe cameras hooked up, which they have one for inside the house. I think that's really weird. Because you would have seen some really weird shit. I was naked from the waist down, even more than Winnie the Pooh style. My boobs are on the un- underneath side of this crop top. I cannot get it over my shoulders. I'm sweating. I'm breathing heavy. And I'm trying to figure out what happened to the goddamn queen. Standing in my living room like, you know, Winnie the Pooh just fell over in a jar of his honey. It was traumatic. And I'll never forget it. I almost couldn't get out. I had to call. I had to make a call for help. Um, I used my body glide to try to unstick myself a little bit. And the dilemma was that clearly, (laughs) now we're really into it, the top was too small. European sizing, I don't know. I'll be damned. The top was too small. And I wanted to order another one. I saw potential from what I could see, as horrible of a sight it was. I saw potential there in my weakest, darkest moment. And I wanted to order another one. And it felt like my only option was to break the top so much that I would not be able to return it. It would not be an acceptable return. I almost called the fire department, but I I don't think... I think they would refuse service to me in the state that I was in. And... Eventually, yes, of course, I'm not wearing it right now. I did get it off. I did not break the zipper fully. But if that's not a me moment to one day when my kids ask me where I was when the queen died. And my answer was stuck fully naked in a too small faux leather red crop top. I mean, come on. Come on. Some of you might realize this could be my potential karma and payback for posting a video of my own mother, my own queen mother, in uh, stuck in a dress of mine where she is like bent over in my guest room trying to get out of it. And instead of helping her, I'm filming her. So that's not something uh, 
uh, first responder should do, uh, an innocent bystander should call for help. They should drop their phone and not film the incident, but rather try to resolve it. And I didn't do that that day. So, you know, however many months later, I got my karma full slap in the face, uh, full slap in the fupa while I was stuck in an outfit that was way too small. That's me. That's me, baby. What am I supposed to do? It's how I am. And uh, if the next delivery works out, you could see this outfit back in full swing. No go on the asses, chaps. Don't think it's appropriate. Couldn't find them. But I have an idea for Outlaw Festival coming up at SPAC this weekend. If you don't make it to the last few concerts of the SPAC season, you can always check out what they have available at the Palace Theater in Albany, the Egg, MVP Arena. LiveNation.com is the best place to get your tickets. We've got Daniel Tosh coming up on Wednesday, September 14th, so you could be able to make that show depending on when you listen to this. Or um, Randy Rainbow, our favorite porn star from last week's episode. He's not a porn star. Don't worry. He's a comedian coming to... Uh, Albany on September 24th. You're going to have to Google that one yourself. I don't know enough about Randy Rainbow. I'm trying to keep my brain as organized and uh, only pertinent information is happening up here right now for the next seven days so I can stay locked in. But the pertinent information that I want to end on, I just wrote this down very quickly uh, before I let you go because this is something interesting to me, is I just saw a tweet from News Channel 10 that... It was kind of like one of those like a reader asks like help help me help help me help I've fallen and I can't get up I'm stuck in my crop top and I can't get out it said that this is this is troubling there's no doubt um I don't think I took a screenshot but it it basically said that somebody heard from somebody that instead of cleaning your toilet seat you should put it in the dishwasher And then it proceeds to say that this person has been putting their toilet seat in the dishwasher for months now as a way to clean it. And I don't like cleaning toilet seats manually. I feel like I am cleaning the toilets more than your average person. And I don't know, that's not a statement about anybody's bowel movements or anything. It's just I would like the toilet to be clean. Do you ever remember those um, American Standard commercials where literally an old lady, it could have been the Queen of England, jumps out of a toilet seat and she goes, it's clean. That's what I think about every time I go to the bathroom is I want a clean toilet. I don't want a clean toilet so bad that I put it in the dishwasher. Dishwasher is for dishes. That's why we love them. We love dishwashers because they perform miracles, but only in the kitchen. You can do other things in the kitchen. You can get a little freaky if you want and, you know, just spray down with some Myers. You can bake something sweet. You can cook something savory. I don't care. Do whatever you want in the kitchen. Do not let your toilet seat get anywhere near your dishwasher, okay? I just, this is not, I do not fuck with this. I do not endorse this. I've heard that people put their shoes in the dishwasher before. It's an interesting scientific dilemma because I remember on New Girl, there's a line from Nick Miller where he says they talk, Schmidt is like beside himself because all of the towel, like his towel is constantly wet in the bathroom and he's blaming it on the humidity and all these other factors before he realizes that his towel was switched with Nick's. And he says something to Nick Miller, who's the resident sort of uh, aloof, doesn't have his life together character. And 
he's like, have you ever even washed this towel? And he's like, why would I wash a towel? The towel washes me. Why would I wash a towel? I mean, somebody could debate this. We could go to a courtroom and debate whether or not a towel needs to be washed if you are using a towel to clean off your clean body. Same thing with a sponge for me. Very confusing instrument. Bar of soap. Do you, like, is using a bar of soap clean? Is it dirty? Can you share it? Can you not? A lot of different questions surround this. So what I'm trying to explain is that I feel like, you know, the reason why we can't put our toilet seat and our sneakers in the dishwasher is that the the bacteria, the yuckiness, all of that, as a society, you know, just kidding, um, we don't want that to go onto our dishes and spatulas and forks and knives and coffee cups, right? Or because the dishwasher is the cleaning vessel, does it just negate everything and it's okay because all the bacteria, no matter where it came from, what it looks like, how it identifies, what its pronouns are, it cleans all of them. I don't know. It's not in the fine print. It's not in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. It's probably on Urban Dictionary if we want to get to the bottom of where can you clean things? Can you contaminate? Can you cross-pollinate? It's a very big issue. Like I said, I'm only putting things in my brain that are necessary. The first part I thought was necessary, but now that I've talked it through, it's probably not. So I'm going to end it right here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank God it is Tuesday. Thank you so much. I am so blessed. Hashtag of course, to be able to do what I love every single week, get on the mic and talk to you guys. It is my therapy. It's my release. It's my safe space. And that's not to say it doesn't stress me out a shit ton. The pressure to be funny and entertaining week after week is certainly real. That is not lost on me. It better not be lost on you. Appreciate. Don't hate. And I really hope I'll see you guys next week at June Farms for my birthday show. If not, That episode will be released, obviously, probably not on Tuesday. So there could be a potential short little hiatus in the future. I feel like I'll deserve a break if this all goes well. But we're cooking over here. We are a straight up kitchen, hot and fresh, ready to go. I will see you guys in person next week. (laughs) 